This is the Idea Time Podcast with Dr. Joe North. Welcome to the Idea Time Podcast. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies, and interviews that will help you to achieve greater professional and business success by thinking more creatively. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Welcome to the show, and this week's show is all about your creative brain as a facilitator, and it's really important because it's helpful for self-awareness, and it's also helpful when we're thinking about the things that we are designing and delivering for our delegates. So for those of you who've not met me before, I'm Jo North. I absolutely love facilitating, and I also help people to improve and expand their creativity, uh, skills and impact when they're facilitating too. I've got the Idea Time Academy and what I'm going to share with you today is actually just a a real taster of creativity and the creative brain. I do go into this a lot more in my Idea Time Academy which is an online platform and community for facilitators who want to continually grow their professional development. But I'm going to give you a taster of it today and hopefully it will inspire you and help you think both about your own practice and also about your delegates. So we'll get started. First, we'll start off with what is creative thinking? We're going to think about your creative brain and the creative process. We'll then move on to explore whole brain thinking and curiosity and its role in creativity as well. We'll have a think about freedom and constraints and then finally how to grow your creativity because the great news is that everybody is creative. You're creative. You are fantastically creative. In fact, you were born to be creative and it's just how we use our creativity that's different for all of us. We all have different styles, but we all are creative and we can improve and grow our creativity, which is great news, isn't it? Now, why this theme? Creativity is important for you because it helps you to think about how your mind works. And I know that by thinking about my own personal creativity, my style, my preferences, where I might be you know, a bit stuck or maybe where I am being you know, really innovative and actually want to roll with it, it really helps you from a self-awareness point of view, both when you're designing and when you're on your feet delivering with people or when you're delivering virtually. This information on the creative brain is also helpful insight when you're designing for and working with your delegates whatever theme you're facilitating if you're facilitating learning innovation transformation or working with groups on any form of change really understanding the creative brain and some of the things that are going on in there and how you can actually access it to help your facilitation and to help the delegates get the final outcomes is really, really important and really helpful too. We'll start off by thinking now, what is creative thinking? Well, creativity just means coming up with fresh new ideas, problem solving and opportunity finding. And creative thinking is the raw ingredient for innovation because without creativity, without ideas, there is no innovation. And our ideas are so important. Our ideas are what makes us stand out from everybody else. A team's ideas, the business's ideas, they're what makes the team or the business stand out and differentiate from everybody else who's in that space. Those ideas are really unique to us because they actually come from space in our minds which holds our experiences, everything we've been exposed to, our knowledge, things we've seen, heard and so on. 
So creative thinking is the raw ingredient for innovation. And what innovation is, it's actually turning those great ideas into a usable and useful solution. So another way of describing innovation is that it's purposeful creativity. And innovation matters even when people are in the room just learning. So if you're facilitating a learning event, innovation is still really important because people need to think differently to integrate what they've learned into their decisions and actions. And creativity actually has two key components. There's the originality aspect, which is how unique or different or inventive are the ideas that we come up with and how functional are those ideas. So functionality, how useful, how purposeful, how helpful are the ideas that we have when we're being creative. And actually you can test yourself on how creative you are by doing something as simple as thinking about, well, how many alternative uses can you think of for a paperclip? And this is a really classical test. It's actually the alternative usage test which is about 50 or so years old, and it was pioneered by uh, Guildford. And by thinking about how many different ways in which you can use a paperclip, uh, you're exercising your creative brain. You are thinking about what else you might do with it, maybe unbending it, turning it you know, the other way around, or making it huge or small, or lots of paperclips and so on. Now, it's a great thing to do in a group is to ask them to think about how many alternative uses they can think of for a paperclip in three minutes and time it and see how many they come up with. And the average is about 14. And I've done this with my students when I was lecturing on the MSc in Engineering Management at the University of York. And every Friday afternoon, we'd take a different object, we'd time ourselves for three minutes and we'd see how the average the whole class of 88 students how it performed and over about eight weeks that average went up from about 14 through to people who were getting over 40 and this really just demonstrates that you can actually improve your creative thinking and your flexibility because creativity is really all about connecting things and what we're doing with the creative process is we think of it as, first of all, well, what is the data and information? So we start off with all that information that's in our minds and in our heads. So creativity is a process. We absorb data and information. And then from that data and information, we envision possibilities. We make connections, we reason and evaluate as to the usefulness of those connections. So everything we expose ourselves to, everything we read and watch and listen to and more, that all goes in as, I guess, raw material for our creativity. We use that raw material, that data, to think about possibilities, about how we can use those in the future. We put connections together and out of those come ideas. And an idea is what happens when two or more thoughts come together for the very first time. So creativity is just about connecting things. And we need a couple of types of thinking when we're being creative. We need to be divergent. So divergent, of course, diverge means to open up and to open out. It means opening our minds to discovering new things. We build on our ideas. And convergent thinking is the opposite of that. That's when we converge. So having had a number of ideas, we then decide that we're going to focus on a few of those. We, we select some of them out and we decide which ones we're going to work on. Both of those processes, divergent thinking and convergent thinking, 
are absolutely essential when it comes to creative thinking and innovation. And it's really important bringing this back to facilitation now that when you are working with groups that you are designing in activities that alternate a bit between the divergent thinking, getting groups to open up and really think about ideas and build on those ideas and more and more ideas, let them flow. And then at some point, stop that process and go back and converge and work through and sort out the ideas that they've got. And our creative brain is magnificent. It's made of around 10 billion nerve cells or neurons, and each of those can form up to around 10,000 connections with other neurons. So that's 100 trillion possible connections, which is absolutely massive. Our neurons communicate with each other and create a domino effect. So when we're having ideas, you might actually feel that light bulb moment that's that sense that there's an idea coming to the front of your mind that exclamation mark above your head and all that information has been really being used it's made a connection and that connection comes together for the first time it's an electrical and it's a physical chemical reaction that's going on and every time we learn every time we have a new experience or try something new it's brilliant for our brain because learning creates new connections and it helps us to grow our neural forest, which means that we create information superhighways in the brain. I mean, how awesome is that? And as long as we've got a healthy brain, and as long as we keep learning and growing and doing new things, we'll keep growing our creativity and we'll keep growing our learning. We need to use all of our brain. Creativity isn't just about using what people have traditionally called the right brain, and that's important. But research into the most creative people, the ones who, in something like the paperclip test or other alternative usage tests, who perform really, really well, the most creative people, when they're wired up to machines and we can see inside what's going on in their minds, we find that they're using different ways of thinking and putting them together and combining different modes of thinking in different ways. So what do I mean by that? Well, we've got different, different modes, which are daydreaming, imagination, that's when our thoughts drift and when we make decisions about what we pay attention to or what we focus on, that's using something called our salience network. And we also have an executive control network and that's where we're monitoring our behaviour. And in the highly creative brain, those three networks, daydreaming, of making decisions on where to focus and thinking about our behaviour, actually host a myriad of interactions and they can produce striking ideas. So what we want our delegates to do is to do things differently, mix activities up, experience different things, and focus on different things, so that all the time we're actually provoking their minds into thinking differently and, and learning differently and coming up with new and useful ideas. And we can design that in to our facilitation. We can also design in something which is super important, which is curiosity. Curiosity and creative thinking very much go hand in hand. And all the great scientists you know, that you can think of in history, Einstein, for instance, curiosity was a big part of the success factors of those people. And we show our curiosity in different ways. And I've shown on the resources that actually we show our curiosity by really working relentlessly to solve a problem. So when we really zoom in and show huge curiosity, making sure that we absolutely solve the thing we've set our mind to solve, 
Another form of curiosity is when we listen to other people or when we just are purely you know, enjoying and fascinated by the wonders of the world and also some willingness to go and explore different and unusual things and to take risks and have new experiences. And actually curiosity, if you can build good, great questions into your facilitation design for delegates to think about, you know, some great how questions and some great why questions, then you'll be building curiosity into your creative facilitation, which will also help your delegates think better. An interesting concept as well is that of freedom and constraints. A lot of people think that actually if you can have blue sky thinking, anything's possible, let's start with a blank sheet of paper. And that works okay for some people, but actually for most people, and this is supported by research, we actually need constraints in order to produce our best creativity. And there's a famous architect called Frank Gehry who said one of his greatest challenges was when he was asked to design a house with zero constraints. He could do whatever he wanted. And he said, I had a terrible time with it. I had to look in the mirror a lot and think about why I'm doing this. What's all this about? It's better to have some problem to work on. I think we turn those constraints into action. So sometimes we can put, you know, some constraints around what we do. We can bound problems. We can give delegates a few rules to work within to actually drive creativity and it sounds counterintuitive doesn't it but it actually does work. There is a difference between deliberately imposed constraints to drive creativity and self-imposed or perceived constraints that don't exist so there is a difference between the two. Perceived constraints can help us but actually we also need to make sure that the delegates aren't sort of artificially imposing on themselves, creating constraints that don't exist that might get in the way. So for instance, oh, that'll never work, or nobody will listen if we put this idea forward. Well, is that, you know, are those constraints that they're imposing on themselves that might not necessarily be true? So freedom and constraints is an interesting one, and you can use it quite skillfully to play around with the different activities Um, and see where that will take your delegates, particularly in innovation sessions. So facilitated activities, we can design in a way that gets our own brain, actually, and our delegates' brains out of their habitual rut and make us all think differently. The thing I'd say is that sometimes, because we're asking people to think differently, it can feel awkward and clunky until everybody gets going. But you'll find that although it might be awkward and clunky at first, they'll find a rhythm and they will get into it. And that awkwardness and clunkiness is a great sign that people are thinking differently. Just remember, though, it's not the activities that work or don't work. It's the thinking that flows through them. Really, the activities are sort of the vessel or the guide or the the process um, through which the thinking flows. And they're designed to support that. So... Please go and grow your creativity. It's not something that's just reserved for a very special few. And every time we have a new experience or we go out there and learn or we try something new, our creativity will grow in strength. So I hope that's really useful. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Do let me know anything else that you'd like to cover and ask me any questions that you've got. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time podcast, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. 
If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. For even more strategies and advice, visit our website ideatime.co.uk. Enter your email for leading insights, resources and more every month completely free. We'll see you next time.